0: This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their taproom in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com.
1: Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show.
2: You want free beer? Go to the brewery.
1: Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yo, what's
2: wrong with the beer we got?
1: Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and
0: Brian Hewitt. Welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. And this week, we're talking with Crooked Run Brewing. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me as always is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt.
2: Hey, Tim. So joining us today, we have Jake Endress. He's a co-owner of Crooked Run Brewing. We're going to talk about native culture beers, low-intervention wine, light lagers, and probably a lot more than that. Jake, thanks for joining us.
3: Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having
0: me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Jake, you told us the story just before we got on the air. It's uh,
3: The conditions are a little hairy up your way right now, right? <laughs> yeah, we uh, we got our first snow of the year, which is okay. always a, a challenge for the D.C. metro area. So. Fun uh, stuff. It's, it's melted now, but just a bit, bit around. And unfortunately it delayed the beer that I, I was sending to you guys. Yes, yeah, drag. that's it. We've we have
0: beer on the way, but between, you know, the delays in typical shipping now and the weather, we'll have it soon. We'll make sure to shout it out when we get it here, Jake. So We appreciate you sending it to us there.
2: I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely, Brian. What did you get into this week, Tim? You know, Brian, I did a
0: a few things, a few things. So last weekend, we actually went out to a new-to-us brewery. It's an existing brewery, but a new location. Red Hair opened a distillery on the square here in Marietta, where we're located, and they've got a Cuban restaurant in there. So, of course, we went down there and checked that out. Had some cocktails and some Cuban food. As you do. Good stuff. Yep. Always a good time. I had a meeting with our friends at The Nest uh, talking about some future stuff we're going to do. So I got to enjoy uh beer from, I believe it's Wild Leap and Bottle Share. You know, the charity that we've talked about that supports people in the beer industry called Gratuity. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's a real light, easy drinking beer. Uh, dropped by Burnt Hickory Brewery. Visited with Scott Hadid over there. They've just revamped their tap room. They've got a lot of new beers on. And uh, he's doing some experiments with hops where he's taking the base beer of Digits, which is their blood orange IPA. And he's taking it before they put the hopping or the orange in it and using different hops in there. So they're getting oh. getting to experiment with some of that. So that was, that's kind of my week, Brian. That's what I got up to.
2: That was pretty eventful. I, yeah. I was going to say, aside from uh, what the, you got, Brian, the you the got visit to uh, that red hair distilling location. I just got into my cellar, honestly. We did have a few things here in the the studio that, uh, oh, the Variant Dark Adaptation. 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 That was really tasty. Got into my cellar. It was kind of uh, 50-50. I had the uh, Sunday morning stop from 2015, which is still wonderful, even though the bottle says you were supposed to drink it by 2017. Still thought it was delicious. It's a crying shame. It's criminal that it's not still being made. I miss it every day. They said
0: they weren't going to make any more, right? Yeah. I think not they sh- like they were skipping a year. They said, this is, we're not going to do I think they anymore. were
2: going to dedicate the resources to making different variants like the Sunday Mole Stout. No, none of them are as good. They, they should just bring that back. And uh, Okay. I don't have to drink old ones from my cellar. And I got into an against the grain 35K, which was probably about. 2017, not meant to be aged that long. It was a milk stock okay, It's about seven percent. I thought it was bigger than that, so it uh, didn't hold up as didn't well. Didn't hold up. But uh, that I, re- yeah. I know having that fresh, that, that was tasty. It was really good fresh. Yeah. Um, I think I had planned to drink that in a 70k in one session, but uh, no, that's not. You know, I didn't do that because well, that would be irresponsible. So, it would be irresponsible,
1: yeah.
0: Brian. But that's never really stopped you before.
2: Yeah, it never has. But I think it's time for us to get into the beers of the week, Tim.
1: Now it's time for our Beers of the Week. Brought to you by The Nest. Craft beer and barbecue in downtown Kennesaw, Georgia. TheNestKennesaw.com.
0: Brian, as always, we have a great list of beers to get into this week. And we want to say thank you to our friends at The Nest for sponsoring this segment. Uh, we really appreciate it. Brian, I have some exciting news for you. Okay. They're going to have smoked gators there when they do their anniversary. The end of February. Oh nice. So they're gonna nice. have whole smoke gator for us again there. So we we'll have to go check it out. Put that on your calendars. You've never experienced something quite like whole smoked alligator. Before.
2: You really haven't. It's quite something to see too. It is. Yeah, it's You a get spectacle. to actually see the smoke. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, Brian, on the beer list here, we actually pre gamed with one from Southern Gris Brewing called I'm assuming the pronunciation is Batita. And that is inspired by the Brazilian cocktail. Yes. Very tasty beer, sour beer there. We have one from our friends at Weldworks, French Toast Stout, which I'm sure is good. We really enjoy their stuff. Brian, so, you know, this is flagship February. So we've made way from dry January into flagship February. And I guess this counts as a flagship. Is I think normally flagships, they look at American breweries. Yeah. But we have some Dre Fonson and Oud Goose here which I guess is definitely flagship, and an Almagang Three yeah. Philosophers, which definitely... Definitely counts. I'm on board. There. I am,
2: I welcome the transition from dry January to very, very moist and uh, flagship-y uh,
0: Moist February. Moist yeah. February. Jake, yeah.
3: do you do you have flagship beers there at Crooked Run? Yeah, we actually have three, uh, which is a lot for a 10-barrel brewery. Yeah, we have a, a New Zealand Pills, uh, Hazy IPA, and a raspberry sour ipa okay
0: interesting flagships there yeah with a raspberry sour ipa but i guess uh, we've got a brewery here that has a pink guava sour oh yeah that, yeah. that i guess you would consider a flagship from them that's a, always out year round there so exactly it's a tasty yeah. beer definitely that's what it is brian it what's your talking of flagship beers what's one of your favorites
2: Oh, boy. You know, I immediately thought of the local one, Southbound Mountain Jam. I really like okay. that. I think that's a, yeah. a flagship of yeah. theirs. I I thought that was wonderful. A lot of uh, the ones that are local, I mean, obviously the Drew Fontanen. Well, you pulled that out, I'm like, that's absolutely like, flagship. work, beer. right? I, yeah. Obviously one of my favorites. Boy, I don't know. You know, this... There's so many good ones out there. I'm trying to think of a good one off the top of my head. That's uh, you know <laughs> has wide appeal. Did I put? To, did I put you, you on? Kind the spot of did. There? Yeah. 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 How about you, Tim?
0: What about you? You know, I tell you what, man. Digging here from the backyard, Sweetwater 420 is a yeah. great one. That's Atlanta. That's Georgia's beer. You know, big flagship there. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. There you is, go. is always yeah. a classic that you go to there.
3: Jake, how about you? When you're not drinking Crooked Run beers, what do you reach for? I really like a a lot of Pilsners. Um, Honestly, Rattaburger and Egg are like two of my go-tos because a lot of bars that in our area happen to carry both of those, and it's just an easy first choice. Otherwise, for beer in the area, I think at least a couple of years ago, they were the most award-winning brewery at GABF, most award-winning small brewery, but uh, Port City makes a lot of really, really good classic styles. I'm a big fan of theirs their pilsner uh their wit other beers like that but yeah those are the the beers i kind of go to because usually i'm out and about or pre-covid i was and at an event and got to drive home at some point so
0: can't argue with that man we're all about yeah. some good pilsners and lagers well let's find out
1: what's happening in the news what's in the news the beer guys have the scoop
2: extra, extra all about it. time for headlines Big news in the uh, beer delivery scene this week. Rideshare and food delivery service Uber is acquiring the Drizzly alcohol delivery service. The deal is expected to cost Uber $1.1 billion in stock and cash. I, my mind is blown by the The size little of pinky that. up like yeah, uh, $1 Dr. billion. Dollars. Yeah. And uh, the deal will close in the first half of 2021. Uh, the plan is for the Drizzly app to remain independent, but also to have its services integrated into the Uber Eats app, which I think will keep everybody happy as you might expect, Drizzly has done big business during the pandemic era. They grew about 350% over that time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Makes sense. We have an update on Ackle. We had a story last week saying it could happen. And according to the bulletin in Belgium, it has happened. Ackle has lost... Their official Trappist designation because the, the last monk living there left Ackle, went to West Mall, which is where they're actually brewing the Ackle beer. So yep, yep. he's going to be involved. But since they aren't actually living on site, it is no longer technically Trappist. Content.
0: And they did say they're like, nothing is changing about the beer. Yeah, Ackle will still be Ackle. It just doesn't get that designation anymore.
2: Still brewed by monks, too. Yep. Just not the right ones. Yep, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so from the news that you already knew, department, the Smithsonian says just a taste of beer can trigger a rush of chemical pleasure. So just tasting beer can give you pleasure, Tim. Did you know this? Give me all that dopamine. In the brain, the the chemical pressure is happening in the brain. That's right, just a sip can knock off a a flood of dopamine. So it it happens so fast, you can actually have it happen measurably in your brain before it even hits your stomach. Before
0: the alcohol gets there. That's good stuff. You're listening to the Beer Guys radio show. We do need to take a break.
1: Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. What a nice.
2: Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Remember, all episodes are available on demand, so if you miss the broadcast, get the podcast. Beer Guys Radio is available on all popular and unpopular podcasting apps. Now, let's get back to Crooked Run Brewing. Jake Andrus, Crooked
0: Run Brewing, thank you so much again for joining us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. So can you tell us a little bit about kind of how did Crooked Run get started?
3: Sure, yes. My partner, uh, Lee, and I opened up Crooked Run almost eight years ago when we were 25 and 26 with Kickstarter money. And at the time, I think we were the youngest brewery owners, at least in the state, if not the U.S. We opened up with about enough money to buy a car, I really would not advise anyone to sure. that. Yeah, it was, that's tough, right? <laughs> it, was, it was rough. But we kept at it, and then we opened up a larger uh, facility in 2017, uh, about 15 minutes away in Sterling, which is near Dulles Airport outside D.C. And since then, uh, it's gone really well. Done a lot of stuff I, I think is really cool and, you know, things I, I never thought I, I would see myself doing, and uh, it's been great. Um, and we added on a restaurant as well and, you know, got more and more into doing the beers that we wanted to do. So you
0: mentioned that you, when you started out, you had about enough to buy a car. I've got to hear what size system did you start out with?
3: Uh, barrel and a half. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. It was, it was a stainless steel drums and electric heating elements. It wasn't like terrible. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, um, anything that will put anyone at risk or anything, but it was not optimal.
2: Smaller sure. labor intensive, basically yeah. is what I'm guessing. Absolutely. It, you said you you're doing things you never imagined you'd be doing. What, what kind of things are those?
3: Yeah. Well, um, we released our first Frambois style beer. I have to constantly remind myself to, you know, say Frambois style or Frambois inspired. Yeah. Um, Got
0: to throw style in there. Yep. Yep.
3: Yep. Yeah. So yeah, the just to clarify the the, terms frambois, lambic, goose, all those things are are protected uh regional terms like Parmesan or Champagne. So we follow all the guidelines, the method traditional guidelines that mirror the horal guidelines for Lambic. But yeah, we released uh, two of those beers for Christmas and then we have our, our first goose style beer coming up.
0: And I'm assuming that's part of your native culture project, is that right? That is right. Do you do that as a total separate label? I think that's what I saw. It's kind of totally break it out from Crooked
3: Run. Kind of. I mean, kind of, it, yeah. It, the, the truth is, like, you don't really want to build a brand unless there's, like, a really good reason for it. Like, it's a radically different product or, like, you want to build it and sell it or something. We don't really want to do those things. Gotcha, yeah. Uh, so it's more, I would say it's more of like a stamp uh, or sub-brand. But, okay. yeah, na- so n- Native Culture in a nutshell is, like, we do a lot of you know contemporary beers like adjuncty stouts and other stuff, but under this native culture sub-brand for Crooked Run, we, we do beers that as much as possible use 100% Virginia malt, 100% Virginia fruit, and no commercially available yeast, either Cool Ship or our own culture that we have, and soon uh, Virginia aged hops as well.
0: Okay. Oh. Are they that.
3: growing a lot of hops in Virginia? Not so much. There, there were enough people doing that. We just need them for aged hops for, for these, like, Atlantic-style okay. beers. Yeah. So we got, a, we got a bunch of those, and it won't be too much longer until it's 100% Virginia ingredients.
0: It's interesting to see hops popping up different places. You know, we've mentioned several times our friend here in Georgia, Yorkville Hops and Produce and uh, they're trying to get things going here in Georgia. They've got – I forget the size of it, but he's got a decent little hop farm over there. It's not massive. Yeah. But even down in Florida, you know, places where you never think of growing hops, they're giving it a shot, man. Been they're, they're going Big for
2: investments it. in that. Like I want to say two or three years ago I got an article about how they were investing a bunch in – didn't Wild Leap use some hydroponically grown Hydroponic, They yeah, did from a place in Alabama, Alabama, I think. yeah. yeah. Yep. No place you would actually think it's of interesting being stuff. a hop source. Yeah. No.
0: Now, Jake, talking about these beers, and you kind of mentioned a few terms, there like cool ship and, you know, the method traditionnel. it's interesting. We don't talk to a lot of brewers that have cool ships. You know, there's just not a lot of people using that type of thing. But uh, the brewer we had on last week, Monday Night Brewing, they do the crunk ship, as yep. they call it. They've got a neat little neon sign above the door that says crunk ship and everything. But a cool ship, I tell you what, let's get your take on, on a cool ship. What are the benefits of that, of doing a beer in a cool ship?
3: The idea of a cool ship or the equipment came out of necessity of just like you know we use heat exchangers to cool beer, but obviously 200 years ago they didn't have those. So uh, you're you're pumping out your hot wort from the kettle, you're letting it cool via just air, and then you're you're putting it into your fermentation vessels, and and that's that's basically all it is is core. In terms of benefit, there's really nothing stopping you from from maybe doing it once or twice and then taking the culture that you get from it and then using that to ferment other beers, uh, and right. we have done that on some beers, we we don't we wouldn't call it a cool ship beer at that point. The benefit to it is, at least for the first time you do it, you do get a, a sample of the ambient yeast and microbes in the air around your brewery. From that point onward, though, it, it's kind of just, I, to be honest, it's a little bit of a throwback, um, because it would be easier to just culture that and keep using it. When you're continuously doing the cool ship, you're continuously rolling the dice a little bit on what you're going to, what's coming in there. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Got to put a little on the line just to show your cred. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And
3: the fortunate thing is that the more you do it, the less you end up losing because you start to get a little bit better at it and start to learn some things. But we were initially prepared to lose a lot of it and we did, but now, uh, You know, at first we were losing about a third of it, and now we we maybe lose less than a fifth.
2: So it sounds like, do you get to use the cool ship very often? I think I was, isn't that kind of a very isolated time of the year you can
3: actually pull that off? Temperature-wise, Yeah,
2: temperature-wise.
3: Yeah, Yeah, well, it kind of depends. It's getting all weird because of climate change. You do have certain months you want to use it because basically what you're doing is you're collecting, you know, everything that's in the air, right? So the easiest way to put this is you want like a wide range of yeast and bacteria that you're getting. But if you do it just during the warm months, you're really self-selecting for wild Saccharomyces yeast, the same species that's used in regular beer brewing, which is fine. You like, you want some of that, but if you're just selecting for that, it's going to dominate and it's not going to result as, it's not going to create as, as complex a beer. If you do it in the dead of winter, there's nothing alive then. So there is this this kind of window, but it's getting all wonky because like, you know, we're not getting those cold, colder months as early. In Virginia now, like we have to to wait longer and then suddenly it goes to like pretty cold. You know, we have a snowstorm going on right now. Quick, right? Yeah. Yeah. But during that time period, we brew a lot you got to make hay while the sunshine. so we just exactly. crank it out.
0: Yeah, that's and the bottom line with the Cool Ship is it's cool. It's yeah. cool to brew with a Cool Ship, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and I saw a video on, I think it was on your Instagram, it looked like you were maybe laying down some sliced citrus or dried citrus. Is that right? Yeah,
3: yeah. I think that's going to be a pretty cool beer. In the but, Cool Ship itself?
0: Yeah, layering it down in the Cool Ship there. Huh. Okay. Now, was that just for flavor, or was
3: that where you get bringing microbes off the fruit as well? We, we might bring a little bit. Uh, they, that was put in when it was still hot, but it was, it's more kind of for flavor and add a little bit of bitterness without actually adding hops to it. Okay. That beer is, I wouldn't call it a braggot, but it's like majority honey. It's right. not majority honey. It's a lot of honey. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be pretty cool.
0: Is this a cool ship mead that you got going there, Jake? Yeah, something like Almost. it. Almost?
3: I don't know very much about mead making. I, it, like, theoretically you, you probably wouldn't want to do a cool ship mead just cause like honey is not really yeast's like favorite thing to ferment. And when you make mead, you gotta like use a lot of nutrients and coax it to, to make it work. When you're doing cool ship beers, you're, you're selecting, you're not pulling a very high cell count out of the air. So, but in this case we, we still had a fair amount of, of beer. You know of of malt uh, maltose based sugar in there.
0: So you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break, but we'll be back right after this.
2: Looking for a great craft beer to enjoy at home? Get your beer to go at The Nest in Kenestaw, Georgia. Choose from their 48 taps to enjoy there with some tasty barbecue and take some home with you for later. Grab a crispy pilsner, a nice tart sour, or a bold stout to sit by the fire. Just bring your growler in and choose a favorite or two to take with you. It's our beer, your growler, at The Nest for your brews to go. Check out the beer and food menus before you visit at thenestkennesaw.com.
1: guys on facebook twitter and instagram get them all. Get them all coming. now back to the beer guys radio show
2: welcome back to the beer guys radio show i want to give a quick shout out to one of our great radio affiliates kcpx 1490 a.m in moab utah catch beer guys radio on kcpx every sunday at 3 p.m now let's get back to crooked run brewing jake we
0: would like to talk to you about light loggers and we're gonna tie into this a little bit we didn't mention this earlier I was gonna mention it in the front part of the show but uh, there's a big football game something's coming up there is the uh, the Super Bowl which I think we can say in the show yeah we just can't market with it exactly so the big game the Super Bowl the Super Bowl uh, Jake are you a football fan not not so much okay all right do you generally want are you a fan of the Super Bowl
3: or Super Bowl parties? Yeah, well, for sure. But, you know, I, I mean, this year was, was covid nine was standing like exciting. Right. Like, uh, so one of our brewers uh, is from Buffalo and then um, my partner is from Rochester. And, you know, I i don't have that much of a dog in the fight now. Sure. But it was pretty great to see the Bills do that well. But we got the next best thing is a collab with the Man doing a light lager <laughs> in a couple Couple of weeks now. So there you, go. Do that. there you go. Yeah, yeah.
0: And you know that's a perfect beer for a Super Bowl party. Uh, Brian, who do you take in the Super Bowl? Because I know you watch those things.
2: Yes, historically I've liked them for the commercials, but I've enjoyed some of them. I think I'm going. I think I'm going Tampa with that. You know, I have to. I have to respect the fact that I don't follow
0: football. I didn't <laughs> even know Tom Brady played for Tampa until. A game happened to me on TV like a week ago or two weeks ago. And I'm like, isn't that Tom Brady? In, yeah. in a Tampa jersey? So uh but man, props to him. He took him
2: to the Super Bowl. He's about so, my age. I've gotta a root powerhouse. for the old man. You I mean, it gotta, it. I'm in for it. it. Yeah. yeah. That's 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 my whole yeah. basis for for having a choice in that.
3: Right. And, yeah. This is this is just from SNL, but like they, they said Tom Brady is the only thing in this country that works and I mean you gotta respect I that. I saw that as well. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Cause at the end of it, I think they asked him a political question. He and rather than answer it, he's like, Well, thanks for having me on and he <laughs> yeah. got it out of there. So <laughs>
3: Yeah. Good stuff,
0: eh. Good stuff. Well, but you know, talking of this, the Super Bowl parties, the Super Bowl, light lagers are a real popular beer for that. Uh, you mentioned to us earlier you will go for, you know, a lager, a pilsner and that. Do you guys brew a lot of lagers and light lagers there?
3: yeah we do um one of our year-round beers is is a new zealand style pills it's not as much on the lighter side it's all malted barley with a substantial dry hop but we do a rotator lager once a month and a lot of those are turning into some of these light lagers and stat mash lagers with kind of you know lighter finish and they're really popular and they're not for what it's worth like you know, these beers used to have just abysmal untapped ratings and they don't anymore, which is pretty cool. That's good. So, moving so on is
0: lager in general, is it picking up more popularity in your area?
3: Yeah, we, without a doubt, man. And it has been for a couple of years. It's really a shame. I, okay, there's many more worthwhile things to complain about during the pandemic, but uh, <laughs> we were selling a, a lot of glasses of lager in the tap room, and then when the pandemic hit, we you know we had these plans. We're like, you know, we were selling more and more traditional styles, old school styles, more lager. Let's do more of that in 2020, and then with COVID, we just had to kind of flip back to more adjuncty styles and kettle sours and stuff because that's what people wanted to take out of their in cans. That's they it. Didn't want cans of light lager, but we'll get back to it.
2: For you sure. need. The- the comically large packs, like the ones that are about a football field long, but only has two cans wide. Start selling your uh, light lagers in those. I forget who did that. Somebody did something like that. The 99 pack or something like Austin that. Austin Beer Works did <laughs> yeah, a 99 yeah.
0: pack. Was that
2: what that was? But you're saying just put two cans? Exactly. In Why? Come Why? up with interesting packaging, just a large format Why to take not out. 99 <laughs> cans in the 99 pack. Well, there Brian. you go. Yeah. Or. Pabst Blue Ribbon, I apparently. Pabst did it. Did it a yeah. pyramid of beers, like you packed. it up. The pyramid, yeah. Get yeah. To take no a one's done the pyramid. Are, are you writing
0: again? this down, Jake? Yeah. Are you writing this? down? I down? am a fountain. I
3: am, I am now. I <laughs> am a fountain
2: <laughs> of bad ideas. Please yeah. put them. Put them. Uh, you know, in practice. Uh huh. You know, to go. I I think people would be into it, but uh, I think people are doing a lot of the like you're saying, like the heavily adjunct and the uh, the very specialized uh, IPA. So they're small packaging. I would like to take out just a big old flat of like drinking beers. like And usually that's not an option. It's like we've got these four packs available. Well, you can't, you could take out the same number of them, but you'll bankrupt yourself
3: buying them. Well, uh, as it happens, we actually did 16 ounce can, six packs of our light lagers. We did one not too long ago over the summer called Jimmy, which was kind of a showcase for uh, Jimmy red corn. It's like the bootlegger corn used in during prohibition to make, Moonshine and uh, Tex Malt out of Texas offered it as a uh, malt of corn, which is pretty cool. So we use that to make a, a light lager and we offered it in these, you know, 16 ounce, six packs, which is just, just for fun. But like, you know, it's a cool format.
2: It's perfect. Did you do that because you couldn't find can rings that would work for the 32 ounce growlers or the crawlers? Because that's oh, what I'd like to see, yeah, like a six-pack of 32-ounce 30, yeah. growlers. Now we're talking. That. Now yeah. we're on board with Brian's
0: plan. He was a, he, he <laughs> was talking 99-pack with two cans in it, and now he wants a six-pack.
2: Now I want cowlers. a six-pack of 32-ounce growlers or 64s. No, I mean, if you can find no them. No more marketing for you. Okay. <laughs> no more
0: for you. You know, now talking about what people are taking home, uh, we see seltzer moving a lot. And Jake, I think you guys do some pretty heavily fruited seltzers there, right?
3: We are just starting to okay. well, on Friday, yeah.
0: Power the um, oh you're you're you said you're just starting as in like just now?
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, right on it, huh? All right. Yeah, I I think it's gonna be pretty big uh this next year. Uh, obviously some people are familiar with Smooch um coming. Yes, from, yeah. Um, sure enough. Um uh we're friends with their head brewer and he sent us some and we're like, Oh this is really good and we should probably start doing something like this, which it's really interesting because it's very expensive to produce. You're using so much fruit puree in it that it just, the margins don't really work in distribution. So it's, even though it's hard seltzer, it's like probably the polar opposite of like, you know, your See, white claw what or, or whatever.
0: Wasn't the whole point of seltzers to give, Folks, a low-calorie alcoholic beverage
3: to drink. What what happened, Jay? <laughs> Where did we go wrong? Well, you know what? I, it's funny because I'm never not amazed at how much craft beer fans, how much they love sugar, and that's we, the truth. Yes, yeah, yeah. We put more and more in beers, and and so does everyone. There doesn't seem to be a limit on it, but. Virginia at least requires you to put calorie counts on hard seltzer and people okay, are going to see gotcha. the, the calorie count on this and they're probably going to look.
2: Well, yeast, yeah. yeast is our homeboy. So of course we like sugar. I mean, we're, we're down with the yeast. So.
3: Well, the thing is this is unfermented sugar. So all these stouts oh, and, keep and cold drink fresh and stuff. So alcohol has calories too, but a most, the alcohol in, in a beer or other drink gets absorbed into your bloodstream so you're not getting that the calories necessary that that each gram of alcohol has in it but sure you absolutely are and there's a lot of sugar in a lot of beer and most beer doesn't you know is you're not required to put the nutrition facts on it unless you're over sixty k barrels a year and so unfortunately for most craft beer drinkers they probably don't want to know this but Even just a 12-ouncer of your favorite pastry stout is probably, you know, 300, 400 calories. Oh, yes. We Um,
0: looked at— Oh, yes. We actually looked up Black Tuesday, which (laughs) is like (laughs) 19.3%. Something like like that, yeah. But a 12-ounce pour of Black Tuesday is 567 calories.
2: I think the so entire the entire bottle is your entire daily calorie it's a day. Or And then some, I think, yeah. for the day plus, it Something probably plus those. a little bit. Yeah, and it'll get you lit. Well, up, that wouldn't work so. out.
0: That would like twelve hundred calories, I think, maybe in a bottle. Is it only twelve so hundred? Somewhere 100? around there. I thought it was yeah. close
2: to two thousand for the entire bottle. I don't know. Okay, yeah. well, it's a lot.
0: We're well, listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break, but we'll be back right after this.
2: Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, poppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them
1: on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing. Establishing a new standard in craft beer. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram Tenable. Tenable coming. now back to the beer guys radio show
2: welcome back to the beer guys radio show if you enjoy the show please consider supporting us on patreon just go to patreon.com slash beer guys patrons get cool perks like beer guys swag and commercial free episodes now let's get back to crooked run brewing Jake, we wanted to talk to you about something that we mentioned
0: earlier in the show, so we definitely want to cover it, and I'm going to get into that in just a minute, but uh, we're going to talk about low-intervention wines, Brian. Oh, okay. And we've talked here, Jake, about doing seltzer, uh, doing wines, got a kind of a braggart thing going on. It sounds like you've got a pretty diverse portfolio of beverages. Do you think offering a good variety now, because we're seeing more breweries do that, is that important for a place to do that, yeah,
3: I, I, I think it is. It, well, it depends on on your model, right? So we are heavily tap room focused, and as a result, we you know we have a restaurant that does cocktails and brunch, and we notice that when we have a place that can offer craft beer, cocktails, wine, food, it really draws in a much more diverse crowd. Like sure. let's say you have a party of like five. But like one person that isn't really into beer but there's like that one brewery they can go to where it's like oh i can have my rosé here like i'm super happy about this and once they're kind of in with that party of people they really turn into repeat customers i mean they're just sure. like we're also gonna go because not you know not a lot of breweries offer all of those things so it's funny you guys should mention that because we have planned in the next year uh, we're doing a, a new logo, a new name. It's gonna be Crooked Run Fermentation. Sure. Uh, all right. yeah. yeah. And it's based on this whole multifacet approach and we're working on cider, sake. And with all these things, we only want to release the stuff if it's actually good. We're just kind of tinkering around with with stuff right now, but we're not just like trying to do everything at once. We'll just kind of have some fun on a small scale and as it like, comes along huh? how it turns uh-huh. out. Yeah
0: more and more brewers we talk to are saying that that it's yeah. they're and to be honest that's what a lot of them say about the seltzer is you know hey we offer seltzer because some people just don't drink beer actually our studio jake is inside of a brewery here ironmonger brewing and when this originally started it was actually naughty soda and they made hard sodas and the brewery portion was to give people an option who didn't want to drink didn't hard soda. Drink soda so <laughs> to just a the but the beer took off well, more so now it's you know kind of Reversed.
2: It is interesting how the most picky person in a given group kind of controls where the group goes. They do. Yeah. You need new friends, man. Exactly. Or ones that will expand the horizons right yeah well when i'm hanging out with you brian i'm like you want to go to this place that
0: has beer you're like yeah yeah so it's it's easy enough right yeah
2: (laughs) but you haven't asked me if i want to go to this place that has seltzer i'm like i heard they have seltzer yeah you haven't asked asked say no i know yes yeah exactly
0: well jake talking to the low intervention wine something that i'm not familiar with you know that term or not really familiar with a lot about wine what is a low intervention wine
3: yeah, sure. So a more familiar term might be natural wine, but uh, low intervention wine is basically like messing with the wine as little as possible. So, you know, minimal to no sulfide additions, you know, using the yeast that's naturally on the grapes and then organic if possible. Natural wine doesn't have a, a strict definition, but natural wine distributors typically want all organic wine. Um, in Virginia, it's very hard to grow organic grapes. So we're not going to make natural wine, but we'll make low-intervention wine. What's
2: the driving factor behind going the natural route versus, like, a more traditional route? What's the advantage there? I mean, it it sounds kind of hip, but is that it, really? Is that what it boils down to, or is it variety of flavor?
3: From my understanding, um, wine uh, became very rigid during the, the 90s and aughts, with wine critics really dominating the discussion. And, you know, like, I don't know if you guys have seen Sideways, you know, Paul Giamatti screaming like, we're not drinking <laughs> Merlot. This idea of like wine just being this just really rigid thing. Like Cabernet has to be big and jammy and a Chardonnay has to be oaky and a little bit buttery. And there's these these characteristics that wine critics told everyone, you know, wine should have. And then natural wine, low intervention wine is kind of just like, Flavor should naturally develop on its own and it might not be exactly what you want, but we make a lot of cool shit beer and that was appealing to us. And in terms of the flavor being more or less desirable, I think you got to make that call for yourself. But from my experience, older wine drinkers or just more experienced wine drinkers tend to not like natural wines as much because they can be radically different. I got my dad for Christmas a bottle of this wine that I really liked, which was like lighter red wine um, that had an aroma similar to vinyl po- upholstery and a flavor like Cherry Gatorade. And wow. Cranberry juice. Okay. <laughs> All right. Pretty wild. <laughs> Hold on. I'm yeah. a board now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty wild, but I thought it was delicious. Like, I thought it was like objectively delicious when I tried it. And I, I gave it to him and I never heard anything and I was like, Hey dad, did you like that wine? And he was like, yeah, it was something. Uh, it was something. <laughs> it was certainly yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, you can try stuff that's really amazing that tastes totally different. Um, my One of my favorite wines I've had uh, was this orange wine um, from this winery called Turpin, and it tastes like peach juice. It tastes like, white wine with absolutely no tannic quality and just this juicy Brett flavor. And we have an orange wine coming out that has some of that same stuff going on, which I'm like super stoked about. So yeah, it can be radically different than traditional wine, but you know, not in an offensive way, just. If it you like car upholstery and cherries, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know that sounded super weird, but, yeah, you know, like, it, it tastes really good.
2: This wine has that new car smell. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Who doesn't like that? <laughs>
0: I was at a Wild Beer Fest a few years ago, and we did a little Facebook Live video, and the guy hosting it. I was like, can you tell us, you know, what we've got here? He's like, we've got just a great selection of, you know, wild and sour beers. He's like, they're cheesy, feedy, funky, and he pauses, and he's like if you don't know these beers and you give people these descriptors, they'd never want to drink these beers, yes. you know? And, uh, and we've talked to brewers that do those, that hate those terms because they do think it gives, you know, a bad, uh, a bad descriptor, but some of them, it really nails it as to, as to what that is. Yeah, it,
3: it's, it's interesting that you say that because actually a lot of those like Brett derived flavors are, I think bad.
0: Gotcha. I, I don't
3: really want horse blanket in anything that I try. Yeah. But what we shoot for is like jammy Brett, which is like Britannomyces yeast when it's not stressed out, when it's adequately treated, it gives you this like just really fruity flavor. And that I think is, is very accessible to people. And, you know, same, same goes with wine. You you don't really want something that's like crazy, like funk leather going on. I, some people might like it, but it's better to just keep it to like overripe pineapple you know, and, and okay, like sure. light acidity and stuff like that. That's what most people dig. So that's what, what we're shooting for.
0: Do these type of wines, do they typically ferment for the same Is it is is a process similar to, you know, other wines outside of, you know, the addition of additives?
3: Yeah. So, um, you know, sulfites are used to like essentially w- clear the board of, of yeast before you, you add your own yeast. So you add your sulfites to your, your must, and then you add your, your yeast afterwards. Um, And sometimes people will do a little bit of wild fermentation before they do their sulfate addition, but sometimes it's a hundred percent naturally fermented. If it's a hundred percent naturally fermented, there's always going to be bread and bacteria that are left over and they'll be, they will be present and they make may, you know, make their presence known through, changing the flavor, but most of the fermentation is going to occur really rapidly because your Saccharomyces yeast, the same yeast that's used in, in, um, beer brewing, uh, it's favorite place is on the skin of, of grapes or other, other fruit or bark. So it's very naturally present. It's not like, you know, in other fermented beverages where it needs to be added, it's already there. And it will do the bulk of the work. And when it's done, there won't really be anything left for other spoilage bacteria to consume. So it's, you're not
2: gonna get any kind of bottle bombs out of out of these uh natural no. or low intervention wines.
3: Yeah, yeah, not unless you like bottled them early or something. But um, yeah, that that won't happen. I believe
0: Boone's Farm Strawberry Hill is a low intervention wine. <laughs> from what a Mad Dog Twenty Twenty <laughs> It's no no intervention at all on that one. Yes, just, actually, none. people may get an intervention. Exactly. That's high intervention mad, causing wine. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Jake, if folks want to find out what is coming up from Crooked Run Brewing, what's the best way for them to do that? I would follow us on Instagram for sure. Easy enough. Go to IG. Look for Crooked Run Brewing. Jake, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much, guys. Uh, Brian Tan. It's been a real pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Join us next week. We're taking a diversion Yes, bourbon talk, Brian. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. And don't forget to drink local. Cheers.